The Enneagram is basically a structure of nine archetypes for human character. And the things that I think you should know about it is that it can really be life-changing and transformational. It goes deeper than most people realize. If you've only heard people talk about it or seen the memes on Instagram, you might not realize how transformational it can be. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama in 30, where we are all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health, infertility, mom guilt, and the craziness that comes with raising a family. Get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's work to embrace the messy together. Hey, hey, mamas, and welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. We are so excited about today's episode because we have Libby Cole, a certified Enneagram coach and owner of Expand Coaching and Consulting, joining us to talk about how we can use the Enneagram to help us with our health, our fitness, self-care, parenting, and so much more. So basically, all the things. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome, Libby. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are definitely excited to have you. I know, you know, for me, the Enneagram has been so helpful in so many different ways. And I'm just excited to have you on here explaining that because, you know, some people p- might not know what it is. Some people may have heard it. Some people might be super into it. So really excited about this episode. So before we kind of, you know, jump in, why don't you just tell our listeners a little about yourself, your family, hobbies, again, all the things. Sure. Well, I am joining you from coastal Georgia right now. Um, And I have a four-year-old little girl and a seven-year-old boy. And both of them and my husband are all redheads. So I am (laughs) outnumbered by gingers in my house. I love that. They all have fiery personalities, but we love spending time together outside, especially going to the beach or doing other things around here. Um, I like to go on walks with my friends. Um, I'm a singer, so I enjoy anything with music. And um, we just love living down here on the coast. Ah, that's oh, fun. Really nice. Carrie and I are both landlocked in the Midwest. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would love a coast. Yeah, we might just be a little jealous of you right now. <laughs> well, I grew up in Oklahoma and didn't even know that there were beaches in Georgia. Oh, so <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Now you can, they're right at your fingertips now, which is awesome. Uh, So why don't you kind of tell us a little bit more about the Enneagram and what are kind of like the top three things that people should know about it? Sure. So the Enneagram is basically a structure of nine archetypes for human character. And the things that I think you should know about it is that it can really be life-changing and transformational. It goes deeper than most people realize. If you've only heard people talk about it or seen the memes on Instagram, you might not realize how transformational it can be. Um, It's also just not another personality tool. So I spent 12 years in higher education and leadership. And, you know, I've done the DISC and the Myers-Briggs and the True Colors and all these other tools that are wonderful in their own right. But the Enneagram goes deeper than that because it's all about your inner motivation and desires and fears and not just how you're showing up in the world. 
And the last thing that I love about it is that it can just meet you on your own journey. No matter where you are, what you're practicing now or you're not, you can jump into it and find growth with this tool. Mm -hmm. I love that because like you said, I've through, you know, past jobs and all the things have done a lot of those other personality tests um, and just tests in general. And when I found the Enneagram and actually started applying kind of what it was showing me, it changed so much for me and, you know, my relationships with people and, you know, um, even relationship with my husband, like understanding him even more because, I mean, we've been together since I was 15. So you'd think I would know him like, you know, a hundred percent, but I found like through, you know, his number and my number there, there were things that I didn't know and, you know, ways that I could, you know, be better and do better. And so it's just, it's, I just love it. I'm so glad we're doing this today. And it <laughs> is, it's an amazing tool for personal growth, but I truly think the relational aspect is the best aspect of it. And it can mm-hmm. be with a significant other. It can be with your children, like we'll talk about, um, but mm-hmm. it can be with coworkers and your family members. I mean, everyone in my sphere of influence knows their type now. So mm-hmm. it, it is super helpful. That's, I was just going to say the same thing, Bailey. Like I, I remember taking, when, we were, when I worked in corporate America, you take all those tests and not, I learned a lot about myself, but I don't think it did anything for like the workplace. And mm-hmm. then when I did the Enneagram, it was, it was like eye opening to like how I can use other people's numbers. I mean, even Bailey and I, once we like kind of talked about our numbers, like how we work together, it just, mm-hmm. it does. It's like, it change it helps change the dynamic and how it makes you work just way. I mean, yeah, way, way more in depth, like you said, than the personality um, so yeah, with that, I would love to know, we, we obviously now, I'm, most people know what the Enneagram is, but how does knowing your Enneagram help? Um, I know you said when in the intro, like to inform your health and fitness goals. Yep. Like I said, it's all about your motivation. So when you can understand your motivations and desire, then that can help you to focus on your wellness journey more effectively. Um, and it's also kind of a neat parallel because you kind of talk about mind, body, and spirit when you're talking about wellness And the Enneagram actually has head, gut, and heart. So you can see how it parallels right next to each other um, and really can help you take a more holistic approach to your wellness and fitness. I love that. How would you say like, well, first off, I'm, and we'll probably get into this a little bit more, but for those that, you know, are really new to the Enneagram, what do you feel is like the best way for them to figure out their their number? That's a great question. Um, There are a lot of free tests out there. And I think a lot of people foray into the Enneagram by taking one of these personality tests. Um, The Mm -hmm. tests are a great intro, but they cannot type you because it's kind of the cardinal rule of the Enneagram that only you can type yourself. So Mm -hmm. obviously a free test you found on the internet is not going to do it as well (laughs) as you can yourself. But I like Mm -hmm. them to help you decide maybe your top two to three. So if you can narrow down from nine to three, then that can help you really focus on those three. But I would say, you know, read the books, listen to the podcast, follow people on Instagram. I'm Enneagram to expand on Instagram. Um, But there are some really great accounts out there that can help you to look at the different types and really decide for yourself. And you Mm -hmm. have to dig deep in order to do that. It can't just be those surface traits that you're looking at. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm just curious, what's your number? I'm an eight. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll talk about that a little more when we get into the types, but um, mm-hmm. I went on a deep dive of listening to some of your podcasts. So I know 
Um, I've got a one and a three on my hands here, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. How did you know? That? You mentioned it in the very first episode. Oh yeah, we did. We did, didn't we? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I. Geez, you forget about what you talk about sometimes. But yes, one and a three for sure. For sure. And I did a lot of um, reading and I've been to conferences and it was just like spot on. And I was so like, even things I didn't want to be spot on, like, you know, the, the net, not the negative side, but the things that you're, you know, you struggle with Mm -hmm. or challenging. I was like, oh, dang it. That is true. Well, and they say that's (laughs) also a way you can determine your type is the one that you're the most disgusted by is probably your type yourself (laughs) because we see things and other people that we don't like about ourselves, you know? And so there's definitely a piece where you need to be a little activated by it in order for it to be Mm -hmm. your true type. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely felt that for sure. (laughs) Um, So as you know, most of our listeners are moms. Um, So how can parents use the Enneagram kind of as a guide to have compassion for their kids, their kids' behaviors, and kind of perspective on just their own parenting style? Absolutely. So like I said, you're not supposed to type other people. Um, So it's Mm -hmm. kind of frowned upon to label your kids when they aren't at the point that they can really develop their own type. However, Mm -hmm. I think you can absolutely utilize it to build your own parenting skills by knowing your type. And I think it's okay to think about maybe two to three types that your child might relate to in order to parent them more effectively, because you can look at the types by how they want to be loved and how they want to be treated. So in that sense, you can use it as the guide for compassion and awareness and just understanding that people approach things differently than we do, even our own children. Um, So understanding your own type and then trying to understand where they might be coming from can make that relationship stronger. Cool. For sure. Awesome. Let's, are we going to get into these tips? Yeah, I'm ready. I need need some tips, parenting style and tips in my life over here. Well, we are going to jump in then if you're ready. Um, So let's do it. One of the things I love about the Enneagram is that it's very organized. And one of the ways is the triads that I mentioned, the gut and the heart and the head. Um, So I'm going to organize them like that while we're talking about them. So I'm going to start with the gut triad and the gut triad is eight, nine, and one. Um, So just because I'm an eight, we're going to start with eight because I can. Um, So (laughs) type eight is the protective challenger. They have a need to be against. They're afraid of being controlled. Um, A lot of times they say people want you to be an eight until they don't (laughs) because they like people to show up and and be strong until they don't want you to anymore. Um, And females are said to be the most misunderstood. So I feel that in a major way. Um, As Mm -hmm. a parent, eights are big hearted and involved They have a tendency to be overprotective. Um, And this was something that when I was learning about the Enneagram was very convicting for me is that type eight parents can be demanding, controlling and intimidating. And I didn't really like those words. And so that caused me to really focus on how I was showing up for my kids. Um, So some ways that you can grow as an eight parent would be to listen without trying to win a discussion, um, to show more vulnerability and to make suggestions to your children instead of making decisions for them. So those are some really great tips mm-hmm, for an yeah. eight. And then for an eight, you know, as a mama, practicing some self-care can be focusing on calm and ease, um, maybe taking a bath or having a really consistent sleep routine. Um, and then just quickly, let's some exercise tips maybe. 
Um, for eights, like high intensity interval training is good for eights because they are intense Makes types. Sense. Um, but also, mm -hmm. you know, going on a long hike with a friend can be a really good decompression for an eight. Love that. Yep. So nines are the mediating peacemaker. Um, nines have a need to avoid. They will especially do anything to avoid conflict. They have a great <laughs> capacity to understand others and to bring people together. Um, but the best and worst part of a nine is that they can see at least two sides to everything. So in mm -hmm. parenting... For that reason, they're very supportive, they're kind, they're non-judgmental. They want all of everyone in the family to be respected and heard, um, but they have a tendency sometimes to lose themselves by focusing on their children too much. So it's important to set boundaries um, and to also be okay saying no to your kids because sometimes a nine might perceive that to be conflict. So really working on having consistent discipline is important for a type nine parent. Um, I need Kevin to listen to oh. this. <laughs> he totally, Are you married That's to why I'm so like, yep, yep, I am. Yes. And he hates conflict. He's like, doesn't, he wants everyone to get along. Carrie, did that not sound exactly like Kevin? Oh, she just described Kevin <laughs> and what he's going to be as a parent to a team. I know. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so some self-care for a type nine would be getting out in nature, maybe doing some gardening. Um, it's important for nines to try to remain organized and maybe have some to-do lists because sometimes they can really go towards procrastination. Um, and then just some exercise ideas for a nine would be anything that elevates your heart rate and just gets you moving to rejuvenate, uh, maybe even like a long outdoor run. All right, so type one, we've got Carrie, right? Oh, that's totally <laughs> All me. All right, so type one <laughs> is the moral reformer. They have a fundamental need to be good, right, and balanced. And ones just see what's wrong and they want to fix it. So they walk into a room and they're immediately assessing it for improvement. Um, ones are said to have the strongest inner critic. So it can often be important for ones to work on self-compassion and maybe use affirmations to make sure that they are discerning the truth from the noise. So a type one parent is going to be very consistent, firm, but fair, and they really want their kids to know right from wrong. So they're going to instill that from a young age. And um, some of the things that a one can work on as a parent is trying not to be too rigid um, letting yourself have fun and accepting imperfections in your children. Does that? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like that's, I'm like, so I'm like a schedule Nazi mm -hmm. and that's it. It's like, we have a set bedtime. We have, you know, like I just, we function well like that. But like you said, I, and I have gotten better when they were little. I can't say I was better. I was definitely, it's gotta be on like a certain schedule, but now there's like, you know, certain times and certain weekends I can let it go. But yeah, we struggle. I struggle with <laughs> yeah. that. Feeling it. Um, so self-care for you, Carrie, and for ones is, you know, don't try to be perfect at something. Um, I think y'all have even talked about this before. You know, just don't even strive for that perfection. Um, find a flow and be creative and lighthearted and keep your space organized around you so that it feels good in your environment. Um, some good exercise. Bar is a good one because it's all about technique. Um, but then, you know, Pilates mm -hmm. fits the type two. And if you really wanted to push outside of your comfort zone, maybe do like a dance class or something fun. That fits. I love that. <laughs> that does fit. I know. I, that's funny. I took on, that was like during quarantine. I, I wanted a challenge and there was a new studio in town. It's called AKT. And it's 
like dance and bands fitness. And I was like, I want to be an instructor there. And you talk about a challenge. It was totally like getting certified. So that's really funny that you yeah. say that. And that was, that was like something I wanted to take on as a challenge. That's so great. So the next triad is mm-hmm. the heart triad. So this is two, three, and four. And these numbers are really just processing things through their feelings. So type two is the supportive helper. They have a need to be needed. They are wonderful at making room for everyone and displaying love and affection a lot of times except for themselves. Um, So they really need to focus on that self-care because you can't pour from an empty cup. Um, But they see other people's feelings and they have a desire to fix it. They tend to be very empathic. So as a parent, twos are good listeners. They care deeply. They love unconditionally. They're always going to be warm and encouraging. Um, But sometimes they can go into rescue mode. They feel like they know better than you what you need. And so they're going to jump in to fix it. So some tips for a type two parent would be to wait to help. Like let your kids explore and try to fix it themselves. And they're still going to love you even if you take a step back and let them do it on their own. Mm -hmm. So some self-care for a two. Again, it's so important to make sure that you're filling your cup. You're finding some alone time, maybe doing some journals or reflection and also knowing when to say no and knowing that you don't always have to step in and help and give of yourself. Um, But great exercise for a two is anything with partners, because relationships are so important to two, anything that you can do together. So partner tennis or just going to the gym with a friend, um, something that connects you to someone else while you're exercising is important for a two. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So three, the successful achiever. We've got Bailey and I'm also (laughs) married Mm -hmm. to one of these. Um, So I have an intimate understanding of these. Um, So threes have a need to succeed. They can be very adaptive. Um, So a lot of times they're called the shapeshifters because you can walk into a room and be whatever the audience needs you to be. Um, For that reason, sometimes they can lose touch with what's on the inside because they really, you know, shift to the different groups around them. Um, So as a parent, they're very dependable. They give their all. They tend to be optimistic. Um, But a lot of times threes can struggle with balance, especially like work-life balance, because they have that need to be successful. And they also will expect a lot of responsibility and success from their kids. So it's important as a three to really work on being present, you know, like putting down the phone, setting time away from work and spending time with your children. Um, So self-care for a three is really good to find something kind of slow and introspective. So like my husband has taken up gardening because it's not instant gratification. I mean, it makes him like (laughs) slow down, but then there is that achievement in the end, hopefully, you know, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) it's also good for self-care for a three to take a break from social media because a lot of times threes can really get caught up in the comparison game. Oh Yeah. Yeah. So exercise for a three, um, like a spin (laughs) class is great because that's like achievement and competitiveness all rolled into one. Um, But Mm -hmm. anything that you can set a physical goal so that you can crush it is important for a three. So even any kind of like marathon or race of some sort, if you're setting that goal and then you're beating it, that's going to help the three to feel like they've really achieved something. Makes sense. Is that tracking with you, Bailey? So funny how spot on Uh, Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it is. I really (laughs) struggle sometimes with work-life balance. We just got back from a trip and I was on my email, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just hard for me. I always feel like I constantly have to be like doing something. Mm-hmm. And I really struggle with like when I do accomplish something, like being okay with that and like kind of sitting in that. 
and celebrate it. Yeah. And celebrate it because I always am feeling like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Like, so I have to constant, I've gotten a lot better, but it is still a struggle. Sometimes I have to constantly tell myself, you know, no, take this time, you know, enjoy. And then with Kevin being a nine, sometimes that, (laughs) as you can see, you know, so he's loves to, I'm not saying he's lazy by any means, but he loves to relax and just, he can totally, you know, not be in work mode. Right. So it's this constant, like, trying to figure that out. But I'm getting better at it. That's good. Well, nines are often called the sloth. So that tracks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's a a hard worker. But when he, you know, he knows when he doesn't need to be working, like on vacation. Yeah. Let him be a good influence on you in that way. Yes. Yes. We do balance each other out pretty well, though. So I, I think that's that's been helpful. That's awesome. So the type four is the romantic individualist. They have a need to be unique. So if you're a four, you're probably the fourest four in the room and no one else is four enough to be a four. And that (laughs) might be true because they are also the most complex. Absolutely. Um, And the beautiful descriptor of the four is that they're said to be the only number who can bear witness to pain without having to fix it. And I just love that. Like they're your friend that can just sit in the mess with you and they're not going to jump into fix it mode. Um, Mm -hmm. So as a parent, they are supportive and encouraging. They really want children to explore and find out who they are. Um, They're going to encourage creativity and originality. Um, But as a four parent, make sure that you're balancing your feelings with the facts because sometimes they can really focus on emotions um, and they can focus a lot on what's missing. Um, Fours often feel like misunderstood. So they might look around for what their children aren't doing instead of celebrating what they are. Um, So some Mm -hmm. self-care for a four would be just finding a way to be grounded and connected. So taking a walk outside, practicing gratitude, Um, Getting into your creativity, doing some writing or some painting can be good for a four. And as far as exercise goes, um, swimming is really good for fours because it's literally like a submersive experience that cuts out all other stimuli. Um, Yoga Mm. can be good or really any solo um, exercise activities are going to be good for a four. Love that. It all makes so much sense when you explain it. Doesn't it? This Mm -hmm. is great. I know. Yes. I love it. Um, So (laughs) the last triad is the head triad, and that's five, six, and seven, and they're going to process things very logically and cerebrally. Um, So the type five is the observing investigator. They have a need to understand. They want to ask the right questions, and they want to share their knowledge with others. So if you start every sentence with, have you read this book, or do you know this author, have you listened to this podcast, you might be a five. Um, they're also (laughs) said to be, to have a low reserve of energy. So they're said to like wake up in the morning at a 15% battery. Um, and a lot of times they have to draw that energy back by being alone. Um, so parenting, they really value intellectual discussions. They want to explain things to kids. They want to, you know, share their knowledge with their children. So some tips for a five parent would be to open up to your emotions also, and to try to do and feel more instead of just thinking more. Um, So really pushing yourself into that heart and body triad and out of the head is important. Um, Self-care for a five might be to start a book club or to take a poetry class or to find like an energy practice like Reiki or something that's going to kind of connect yourself back. 
Um, and then exercise for a five, they really like to master technique also. Um, so Pilates or lifting or something like that, where they can understand why the technique is important and what it's doing to their body is very important for a five. Interesting. Yeah. And y'all provide that, that good information. So fives probably love you. Because you do <laughs> a great job of providing yeah. the why behind what you do. Oh, thank yeah. you. I was actually thinking like, I think they fives would like our courses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they would. I know. That's what I was just thinking. So there you go. Promote to fives. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> market, market to the Yeah, there we go. So the type six is the questioning loyalist. They have a need to be secure and stable. Sixes are afraid that they can't trust themselves or the world around them. Um, and sometimes it's really good for them to limit news for that reason. And just practice courage by pressing into the things that sometimes they can be wary of. Um, so for parenting, sixes have a very strong sense of loyalty. Um, they're going to really try to reassure their children. And they want to raise children that promote the common good, which I also think is really beautiful. Um, but sometimes sixes can struggle with giving kids independence for fear of bad things happening to them. Um, so really working on loosening up a little bit and learning to trust your kids and trust your own decisions is important for a type six parent. Um, for self-care, sixes have a tendency to problematically overthink things. So starting <laughs> like a gratitude journal or, you know, practicing meditation, anything you can do to kind of quiet the mind can be really good self-care for a six. Um, and as far as exercise goes, um, anything where they could build skills could be good for them. So something empowering like boxing could be great or something consistent where they have a really set routine um, can just help them to feel a, middle, a little more secure in the environment that they're in, even when they're exercising. Cool. And then last but certainly not least is the type seven. <laughs> um, they are the entertaining enthusiast. So sevens have a need. The fun one. Yes. That's what we say, the fun <laughs> for last. Um, they have a need to be free and happy. And they're afraid of being trapped in emotional pain. Aren't we all? Um, but sevens more so than others. And they're said to like live with a half range of emotions for that reason, that it's like the negative stuff comes in, they immediately flip it around and put it back out as positive. Um, for that reason, they're really great problem solvers and they tend to be really idealist. Um, but as a parent, a seven's going to be spontaneous and encouraging. They like to take their children on adventures. Um, but some of the things that they might need to work on is becoming distracted or starting to get too busy that they're not engaging with their children as much um, and being mindful of overscheduling, right? Because they like to do all these things. So then it might turn into something where there's too much going on. Um, and also being open to their kids' painful feelings sometimes. Like kids are going to go through things that they want to be able to talk to you about. Um, so make sure that you're also being open to that um, and that you are trying to be like a self-disciplined authority figure sometimes, which is hard for a seven. Um, Self-care for a seven, a daily routine is really important and trying to bring intentions to your day. Um, and also like a last minute staycation can help their need for adventure, especially in the environment that we're still in. Um, and then yeah. exercise for seven dance or Zumba or anything new and exciting like aerial yoga or, you know, something that's just going to be different is going to keep them excited about exercising and taking care of themselves. Cool. 
We made How it. Cool. That was yeah. so in- that was so informative. That was so, I know I love it. It was informative. And I'm just thinking of like all of my friends who know their numbers. And I'm like, yep, that matches them. That matches yep. them. It's it's just so cool. And it's it's like I said, helped me just understand other people so much better. And I do have a question. Sure. So let's say you meet someone who is the same number as you. And you're like, wow, I feel like we have nothing in common. Can't it be that just because you're the same number, you can also still be very different, kind of like a color, like like blue. There's like a navy blue and a baby blue. Isn't that the case with the Enneagram as well? Absolutely. And there's different levels of health within each type also. So there's like nine levels of health Mm -hmm. within each type. And we can move in and out of those levels of health even in a day. So it's not like we are always functioning at a healthy place or an unhealthy place. But based on your level of health, you can show up really differently. And also because it is more about your motivations and your desires and not so much about your outward appearance, you can show up in different ways, even though you're doing it for the same reason. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. it really can. But I also, you know, I'm a member of an eight group on Facebook. I'm a member of like a female only eight group on Facebook too. And <laughs> I feel very seen in those spaces though. You know I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. There's also a lot of commonalities amongst us. Oh, I can, I can imagine. And obviously we could, we're going to have to have you on again, because you can just, you know, go into so much depth on this. And I know there's like wings and all Mm -hmm. the things. So that, I mean, that's probably another podcast for another day, but I'd love to, there's just so much to this. There really is. (laughs) Yeah. There, that. There, I mean, it's crazy. Even I mean, just the 20 minutes that you went through them, like you learned yeah. so much. So like, I guess I'm, I'm curious. So what is your Enneagram coaching look like then? So I know obviously what you did there, um, kind of help people. I'm sure you identify, well, you said people, people identify themselves, but what do they do? Like, what do you do with your coaching? Sure. Like, what is um, that I do offer typing sessions, but again, that's just kind of me being a guide along that journey. I'm not going to type mm-hmm. you. I'm going to help you get to that point and ask some really pertinent questions to help you get there. Um, but then I offer individual and relationship coaching. Um, and we go into the wings and the stress path and the growth path. I mean, we talk about defense mechanisms and weaknesses and communication. I mean, there's so much depth that you can go into. Um, you know, childhood patterns and all of that. And you can do that, like I said, either, you know, individually or in a relationship. Um, And then I also work with corporate teams and organizations. And that is a lot of discussion about communication and conflict management and having difficult discussions and how we can just relate to each other more effectively as a team. But everything I do is growth focused Um, It's all about moving forward and how you can take this awareness and then be your best self. Awesome. This is amazing. I just, I mean, yeah, you've provided so much knowledge. I mean, there's not one person who can listen to this and not gain something. That's what's so cool. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. It really is. is Yeah. 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 There's something for everyone. I think so. For sure. Absolutely. Well, our final question Um, which we like to ask everyone is what is a messy mom moment or moment you can remember? And if you can't remember (laughs) one, I'm sure you can. Um, What advice do you have for other mamas to embrace? I think my messiest moment started at the beginning. I mean, nothing (laughs) in my birth plan went right. And breastfeeding was a fail. And then I learned I was allergic to the medication. And then I had a rash. And then I mean, everything, you know, it was (laughs) 
messy from day one. Um, and I learned really quickly that I was no longer in control, um, which is really hard on me as an eight. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I think, you know, the messiness definitely loosened me up. Um, and I got to this awareness where I realized as long as they're safe and loved, that's good enough for today. You know, and so I think that it was just messy, messy, messy. And I, it helped me to accept myself and accept them. And so I think what I took away from it was actually really wonderful. That's great. That was such, oh my gosh, such great advice. Yeah. It is. If you can, if you can just walk away from the day thinking everyone's safe, everyone's healthy. I did my best. Like that's, I mean, you, you do have to go with the attitude. So, and that's from the beginning. That's what my mom used to tell me. Like, you kept both of you alive. That's good enough. Yes. As long as they're alive, that's all that matters, really, right? (laughs) They're alive and they're not jerks. So we're okay. Well, some days, right? (laughs) (laughs) Most days, they're not jerks. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Libby, this was was. was so amazing. I mean, we, man, like, Bailey Uh loves the Enneagram. (laughs) She really loves it. Um, I do too, but I will have to tell you, this is the best. Like I've definitely taken the test. I've gone through it, but like what you offered today, I mean, was way more. I learned way more today than I've learned um, taking any Enneagram test or just even researching it. So thank you so much for coming on and providing all your knowledge. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Where can I want to make sure our listeners know where they can find you? So um, I know you said it earlier, but go ahead. Tell us where we can find you, where you hang out the most often so people can get information and contact sure. you so if they I'm want the most coaching. I'm active on Instagram. So my handle is Enneagram to expand because, again, my company is Expand Coaching and Consulting. Um, so you can find all my contact information on there. Um, but my website's just expandc.com. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes too for anyone listening who wants to check out Libby's information. And she has we songs know we love it. For every Enneagram. Because <laughs> <laughs> I told you I like to sing, right? Yes. Mix that together. Yeah. That's I love awesome. theme songs. <laughs> yes. You had one from um, Saved by the Bell theme. I was like, oh my gosh, I was dying laughing because I love that, that show. Oh, I was like, too. this is perfect. It's, <laughs> you're very entertaining. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. It is. Make sure you check her out. She's very entertaining. And for those of you who listen to this often, if you would be so kind, give us a top rating and leave a comment. And if you know another mama who you know could benefit from this podcast, please share. We love helping mamas and we love getting the word out there about all of the messy things, which there are so many of them in this lovely stage of motherhood. Um, Until next time, thank you, everyone. And we will talk to you all soon. Bye.